Nosotras somos tres mujeres negras que valoran la hermandad y juntas somos de negro. We are three black women who value sisterhood and together we are black tea. Get your cup, do whatever you have to do, and get ready for your light, savory sip. All right, we are back, Black Tea. Uh, we will start off, as usual, with Naturally Beautiful, our reading by Dr. Ava, and we are on Chapter 10, and guess what? This is episode 10. How we do that? <laughs> episode 10 with chapter 10. And chapter 10 is talking, talking about power of direct positive thought. And as usual, it was good. Had you thinking about how you think. So who wants to start and give me something You know, I really enjoyed this chapter. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that sticks out to me go, going back from what we talked about, about episode nine and our circumstances and how nothing just happens by chance, um, but it's all basically coming from our mind. And so like each, I think you were saying this on the previous episode sister Larez, but each um chapter <coughs> no sister victoria sister victoria i can't talk sister victoria was mentioning this when she was reading real love she was saying each chapter is preparing you for the next chapter and that's exactly how sister ava writes her books because sister victoria is reading real love and here we are reading naturally beautiful and so, you know, chapter nine talking about circumstances and how we want to like basically say what's truth or not based on our circumstances. But this chapter is pretty much saying wherever you are, it's based on your thinking, um, whether that's negative or whether that's positive. And so um, it's like a reality check when you then look at your life and say, okay, where am I right now? And how is my thinking? Mm -hmm. Then the other part where she, where she talks about um, on page 77, we do not attract that which we want. We attract that which we are. And she actually didn't say that Dory Hurst, um, Hurst I'm not sure how to say the last name, but she was mentioning Arthur and she's the one who's saying that, which is true. Like we can want something, but we're going to get whatever we are because it's like whatever you're manifesting in your mind is gonna manifest in reality. And that's also gonna manifest the people who come into your life. And then sometimes we're looking at other people like they crazy, but they, <laughs> they're a reflection of our minds. <laughs> and that goes back to self-hatred um, we're looking at other people saying things we don't like about them, but we're really seeing us in them. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. That is a really um, 
Valid point, Sister Destiny. And uh, what stood actually similar to what you said, what stood out to me um, was on page 76 where she says, Good thoughts bear good fruit, bad thoughts bear bad fruit. And also on page 78, when she says, We are so anxious to improve our circumstances, yet we are so unwilling to improve ourselves. And that made me think about. And all of this just makes me look at myself. I'm like, wow, you know what? I, I do want to improve my circumstances, but in order for me to do that, then I really, I'm sorry, I really need to be focused on improving myself. That's first and foremost, because once I improve the way that I think, once I improve just my overall lifestyle, then whatever is inside is going to become a manifestation outside. So that um, on page 78, that really stood out to me. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. And then I had a thought to, because um, I never, I never talk about myself being or having circumstances. It's always, you know, like a situation this or a situation that. So I just wanted to get a definition of what a circumstance is. Um, and it says a fact or condition connected with or relevant to an event or action. Um, a sentence, we want to marry, but circumstances didn't permit. So there was some kind of action that caused them to not be able to get. So I just wanted to, to do that right quick. And then <clears throat> she said um, on page 74, it's so much in this. I mean, my book is all marked up. She says, circumstances do not make the woman, they manifest what she is. So they bring out of us who we are. <clears throat> and then um, at the bottom, she talked about how to eat to live. Fasting is a purification experience and sisters, during that time, I cannot tell you the joy that I experienced because of what occurred in my own mind and spirit during fasting. I think we don't, well, I could say I don't appreciate fasting enough, but I, I know um, the effects that it has on you mentally and spiritually because I've experienced it. Um, and what else did I see? So much, so much in here. What was I at? Yeah, it's so much. Anybody have anything else while I'm looking for? I have facts at the bottom of this paragraph. I wonder what it is. This is absolutely terrible. Minister Farrakhan has told us many times that if we cannot go a full 24 hours without food, there's no way we can be a Muslim. That was talking about um, being disciplined. Um, we should all remember this when we complain about our current mental or physical condition. Anytime we bother to seriously engage in any level of self-control, we can actually quantifiably measure the power that we gain over our circumstances as a direct result of this process. Again, she's talking about um, circumstances and how we are in those circumstances and how they affect us. Um, she said on page 76, thoughts blossom eventually 
into actions and the actions that the thoughts blossom into bear the fruit of opportunity and circumstances that came right up out of the nature of the thought itself. I thought that was so beautiful. Good thoughts, you said that earlier, Sister um, Faith, good thoughts bear good fruit and bad thoughts bear bad fruit. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, there is nothing on the outside that does not come from within. So we manifest what's inside on the outside. So you had mentioned that too earlier, Sister Destiny, when you were talking about, you know, thoughts and what you said earlier, it just had me thinking about, wow, so, you know, what is really a person thinking and what's on your mind when you're in a certain circumstance and how um, detrimental it could be or how helpful it could possibly be depending on where your mind is at the time. Anybody have anything else? Well, it reminds me of what Sister Faith said last week about I used to think myself into a headache. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we make our in our minds, our reality worse than what it really is. Yes, we could be going through a trial and it may not be good. It may, it may be like something that's really weighing on you and it may be something that's really difficult, but sometimes we are making it worse than what it really is. And I actually, I actually told my husband this morning he was getting ready to leave. And I said, I am really starting to love you more. And he was like, and I was in the middle of a of a call for for my homework and my group meeting, and they were talking, and I just I just was looking at them, and I told him that he was like, "What?" I said, "Well, I wasn't in present time before, so everything you was doing was upsetting me, <laughs> and I I just." I couldn't really see, I couldn't really see you. I said, now I'm seeing all these different sides of you. And I was like, and, and then he was like, so things like what? Going back to what used to upset me. I said, something so simple. Like you not putting the bathroom curtain back. He liked to leave the bathroom curtain open. I think you're supposed to close the bathroom curtain. Or like, when the and I'm, I'm serious. These are the things I literally told him. I'm not making up stuff these are the things i told him that really used to irritate me and then like every time i come to the bathroom the carpet be way over here how did it get all the way over here it's supposed to be right here by the tub or like there was no trash there was no trash bag in the trash can and i heard him put something in there this morning and in my head i just thought it was funny and when i heard him and i said but that stuff would have I would have been mad right now. I would have had a whole attitude. I said, but now I just go in the bathroom. I fix the curtain. I just push the little rug up a little bit. And I said, later, I'm just going to throw the trash out, put the trash bag in there, and it's going to be okay. And I'm like, I, was, I could do that for my husband. I said, but before, oh, I would be having a whole attitude right now, trying to act like I ain't got no attitude. But I'm saying that to say, like, literally, those very small petty things and now i'm just like my husband he don't want to do stuff around the house da, 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 da. he just did really <laughs> but 
but for real like those simple things but the reason why it's bothering you because there's something else that you're not really getting to so now everything about this person or every little thing that you see even if it ain't him just everything is bothering you and so I was like I'm seeing different sides of you that I seen when we recording but then I kind of stopped seeing them and so the creating a different reality is very real and I just want to give a live example how I had the self-analysis today and literally I just be looking at him smiling he just be looking at me like <laughs> are you okay <laughs> and then the point I forgot sister Faith said something earlier I don't remember what she said right now but she said something earlier that I wanted to touch on but maybe it'll come back to me but the part about fasting, Sister Larez, I just want to bear witness to because a lot of us struggle with just one meal a day. And struggling with one meal a day, like, we, at some point, you got to get past that. But then you're struggling with one meal a day, and then you haven't even gotten to experience 24 hours. And... Well, I remember when I first got to two days, I was like, oh, this is great. Then I got to three days. I've never done more than three days because um, I just felt like I'm, I'm just petite. I don't want to be losing weight. Um, you have to maintain the, I would have to maintain the three day fast for a while before I would start getting rid of weight again. So anywho, just the, what Sister Ava was saying, how she gave a lecture after the 15-day fast, yes, by the 15th day of the 21-day fast. And she said so many people over the years have responded to that lecture with enthusiasm. But the reason that the lecture was on the plane that it was on was because I was in the process of, process of exercising self-control through the discipline of fasting. And it's like people always a lot of people associate fasting with, oh, this person is, they trying to get rid of weight. But no, that's the last thing it should be. The last thing on the list is actually to get control of yourself and to, to strengthen your relationship with a lot. Because when you're in a place of fasting, it's like you become more dependent on a lot and you strengthen your relationship with him. So I just bear witness to that and bear witness to where you can be taken spiritually if you just fast because you can hear things at a different, you receive at a different frequency. So, yeah. That's true. That is so, so true. I can bear witness to that as well. <clears throat> and she said we must learn, we must learn how to fast. Anything else you all want to touch on in chapter 10? Yes, ma'am. There was um, one more thing I wanted to add. It was actually the last sentence. Uh, I believe we say Dorothy Holst. I hope I'm saying that right. But um, the book is, <clears throat> as a woman, I'm sorry, <laughs> as a woman thinketh. Um, I think we should read that book, but I think I'm going to get that book. But where she says on page 78, our prayers are answered only when they are harmonized with our thoughts and actions. And then the next um, sentence is, let's go back to Sora 40, verse 60, where Allah God tells us, pray to me, I will answer you. <laughs> um, so that really stood out to me. Oh, momentum. Sorry. 
Okay, I'm sorry. So um, that really stood out because we can we can think that we want something, but if our thoughts are not in alignment with what we say we want, then we're not going to get it. We're going to get exactly what I guess. Um, if she also mentions it here about our subconscious mind, and all of this just makes me think about myself because it's like, man, like I know I want this, I I want this, I want that, but sometimes I'm so I guess doubtful, and I go back and forth, well, indecisive. And I can see how that has, you know, um, manifested in my life. So that's, that really stood out to me um, on page 78, where um, the author says that. And I can just see how that's, um, how it's true. Sister Faye, I just went to go Google the book. And I was like, and when I seen the cover, I said, somebody gave that to me as a gift. But I haven't read it. I just had it on my altar because oh, wow. because when I went to go read, I read like maybe I don't know, I read maybe just the back page, the the back the cover, back cover. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, one day I'll read it. And I kept it on my cover because it, I mean on my altar because it said as a woman think it. So maybe that could be our next book because it's really yes. short. It's very thin. And since Sister Ava mentioned it, um, yeah. You're a mute, Sister Loretta. Yes, ma'am. I, that book, that cover looks familiar. I hope I'll look. If I had that book, I know something. <laughs> but I was going to say, as far as thoughts go, when I had um, did the photo for um, getting the agent of the week and I had showed it to you all, and the first thing that went through my mind was negative thoughts. I did not like that picture. That wasn't the one I chose. I mean, I just went on and on and on, back and forth with them about it. And then I had to stop myself because I was not living in the moment. I was not allowing myself to celebrate myself. I just took all of that away from me. And and I was just glad that I was able to recognize that and come back and say, you know what? Enjoy this time. You know, you've, you've accomplished something and you deserve to enjoy it and everything else will be fine. And that's what I was able to do. So I was grateful for that. Yes, ma'am. Praise be to Allah. Mm-hmm. Did you all have anything else you wanted to discuss in Naturally Beautiful before we move on to the next segment? I didn't have anything else. I don't. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we can go ahead on. Completely different than last. <laughs> <laughs> but we were um, working through two, and I was still going on six. So that we was working on multiple chapters, and I brought right. it just going. <laughs> um, okay, so this week for um, courting a lot and for maintaining peace I just wanted to stick with naturally beautiful because sister Ava gave us a lot to think about and so um for courting a lot what have we learned about ourselves and a lot while fasting and this could be any kind of fast that you have done before it doesn't have to be like I I haven't fasted since whenever whatever just Go back in your mind, think about a time that you fasted, even if it wasn't for 24 hours, 
but but you did something of a fast like sister ava said for her 15 day fast i think she did like five days of a juice fast so it was still a type of fast she was still fasting from food even though it wouldn't be technically like a um food fast because still some the fruits of food but right. it's a type of fast so any type of fast you have done and if if you can't personally think of anything that has to do with food then use something that you have given up to, um so just putting that out there so um i'm gonna say it one more time what have we learned about ourselves and a lie while fasting um that well the thought that came to me was it was actually during ramadan it was at the end of ramadan and my mother unexpectedly ended up going into the hospital. It was a whole situation, one thing after another. And I was grateful that I had just completed Ramadan because I was in a different space mentally and spiritually. So that just allowed me to be able to handle the situation a little differently than I probably have otherwise. And I think, um, it just strengthens your faith for me. It strengthens my faith in a lot. And it, and then it, I think it gives me a sense of, um, I don't know, maybe a sense of comfort, but it allows me to see um, what I'm capable of doing and accomplishing because, you know, it is discipline. And if that's something, you know, that you can accomplish, the minister said, if you can just do one hour or one day, you know, you've done something. So, um, yeah, it just gives me that that feeling of being able to accomplish something and to be pleasing to a lot at the same time. So for me, the very first time that I um, fast, it's fasted. That's past tense. It just don't sound right to me. Well, the very first time when I participated in fasting, I'll say it like that. Um, I was angry. Oh my gosh, I was so angry. Um, I, I I didn't have the right mindset going into it. So when I was in um, when I was in study group one time, Brother Troy said fasting is not abstaining from food like you have to have the right mindset when going into fasting and I, I didn't look at it that way I was like oh maybe that's why my sister was angry so then afterwards um when I participated in fasting again um I went into it with a different mindset and was more so focused on my mind and focused on a lot and everything like that and I felt so much better. Like this was when I was working overnight. So it was it was kind of easy to fast, but at the same time, it was a little difficult because I'm just sitting at a desk and it was like, okay, I'm just bored. And then my stomach will start calling for food. So I'm like, okay, let me just do something or read something or something like that. And I felt myself, that was, that was the best time of my life. Like I just felt, I don't know. It's like a, I guess like a sense of peace. It's like, you know what? I don't care what you're going through. You're not about to come over here to me with this negativity. I know how to handle this. I got my own vibe going on. I got my own aura going on. So you can't, you can't even bother me. And it's just um, what it makes you ask, uh, what have we learned about ourselves and Allah while fasting? And I will say what I learned about Allah 
I don't know. Allah has, Allah is just the master. Like you have to have a certain level of discipline and self-mastery in order to do that. So, you know, to do that frequently and just to live that like all the time, like even if you're not fasting, you still have that same uh, sense of discipline and that same mindset. Like that's, at least that's how I look at a lot. I'm nowhere near there yet, but I would love to get to that place. And I think the longest that I've gone without food, just without food, it was three days as well. Um, I don't think I've gone uh, past three days, but with water, I think it was about a week. I think I did a week straight with just water or juice or something like that and no food. And um, still the same. I just felt, it was just really good. It was like, I, I didn't hear the ants, like uh, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad said, I didn't hear the ants. That's what I was trying to do. I'm like, I want to hear the ants walking, but I didn't get that far. So inshallah one day I'll be able to hear the ants walking. <laughs> Yes, ma'am. Praise be to Allah. Um, I, I haven't heard the ants or the grasshoppers. So I would say I've heard some some insects. You, I, th I, I do feel like you hear them a little bit more when you're walking outside, but I won't necessarily attribute that to fasting. I'm just going to attribute that to because I'm in a state where there's a lot of nature going on out here. Um, so... One of the things that Sister Lorea said um, about the, what the minister said, if you could do one, one hour or one day, you've done something. And I think that that's one of the things through fasting that I've learned through a lot, that if you keep trying to push yourself further and further with, a, with fasting, that it's like, to me, it's like a lie showing you like you could do this. And it's like a lot showing you that sometimes we limit ourselves because one thing that I learned about myself before the nation, um, I remember participating in Lent. Now, I would, I would, I'd never practiced, um, I always mess that word up. So I'm gonna say I never, I was, I didn't associate myself with being Catholic, um, but there was I was working at a company where there was a lot of Catholics and they had Lent going on I was like well I'm gonna fast and so every week during the month of Lent I fast from something different um I remember the last one of the weeks was just juice I remember one of the weeks the last week was like no sweets which was very difficult for me back then but I did something different every week. And I think even one of those weeks, I probably did like no meat. This, so this is like way back when I was not vegetarian or anything. And I'm saying that to say like, I didn't, I didn't even know there was a such thing as fasting from no food back then. And that sounds kind of crazy now, but I was literally just thinking about this as I said the question out loud, I was like, I don't think I knew people who were fasting from food, like just wasn't eating anything before the nation. I knew people who were fast, just like I said, different weeks, different days, you say, I'm not gonna eat this, but not like literally I'm not eating at all. And so to come into the nation and know that people fast and some people are fasting regularly. And then I started fasting regularly, it's like, where had that been all my life? <laughs> because just imagine how enhanced our senses would be if we had been practicing this from being a child. And um, 
I've, I've never met this sister, so I, I probably will pronounce her name wrong, but uh, Sister Yonner Kiss Zaid, she made a post. Um, I wonder if I could find it really quick, but she made a post about her children eating two days a week. She said, that's why we have to train our children and ourselves to eat between the hours the Christ recommended for us. My children only eat two meals a day at 12 p.m. and between 4 to 6 p.m. When they get to adulthood, it'll be nothing for them to switch to one meal a day. So I said that to my husband and I was like, wow, I thought children were not supposed to, to have, I thought we're not supposed to have children fasting. He said, that's not fasting. <laughs> I said, okay, yes, sir. I said, that's teaching discipline. And he said, yes. So it's like, wow, like teaching the children to eat at 12. And then, you know, if they're still hungry, they eat between four and six and that's it. And um, I mean, I know some children um, who went through Ramadan and I mean, they're, they're young children. I remember in Chicago, there was a young child doing that. I was like, he really participating in Ramadan? but it's just because they're being accustomed to that. That's how they're being reared. So that's some things that come to mind. And so the limitations that I will put on myself. And then um, Sister Faith said what, about what the brother Troy said about that we are not abstaining for food. And it's so true because our body honestly can't even take that much food. Now, it, it, if you're going through certain circumstances, you may have to eat a little bit more, you may have to eat at different times, but it's based on the circumstances, but it doesn't take away like, um, like you just, you have to eat all day. There's still, I'm not gonna say there's regulations to certain things, but I'm gonna say um, there's still ways to be conscious of how we're eating. I just um, wanted to add something. It's, it's not really about, it's about fasting, but not really. Um, I wonder how our bodies would be affected. Um, like say for instance, if I was um, raised in the nation and I ate a certain way, how would that have affected me during pregnancy? Because for me um, with Zaid, not with Zaid, with, with my current pregnancy, the first trimester was like, I'm just gonna eat whatever I can, if I can, when I can, because I couldn't, I couldn't really eat. And I wonder if that has something to do with how, you know, the way that we eat on a regular basis where when, when we're not pregnant or something like that as women. So um, I know in How to Eat to Live book two, the messenger does say um, not to fast or we don't have to fast and we don't have to eat one meal a day while pregnant. But just from my personal experience, it's like, man, I'm just trying to eat because I know I have to eat because I have another life inside of me, but it's just really difficult. And I, if you all know any other things, like that's something I would really like to um, look into more about women and pregnancy and things like that and how it affects our body and just, I don't know, but I think it's Yanir Kiss. I think that's her name. I know exactly who you're talking about. She just got married, praise be to a lot, but yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Um... Sister Naima Muhammad, I'm gonna send you a video, Sister Faith. I, I'll just put it in our group chat. But she was eating every other day. And when she got pregnant, she went to just eating one meal a day. And when I watched that video, 
what she talked about, she did it throughout the entire pregnancy until like the last few weeks. And her first pregnancy, pregnancy, she went over 40 weeks. So she was past full term, which made it even more beautiful. And she said the doctor still told her that she was high in iron. It wasn't until the end, they said she needed something, but it was like the very end, like the last few weeks. Um, so then she would start having smoothies in the morning, but she still did one meal a day. And then I was just like, well, praise be to a lot to you and your baby. And baby still, I mean, he just looked very healthy and smart. He be doing stuff with her just from what I see on social media because I personally don't know her. But um, I just think that that's really powerful. And that's the only mother that I've heard about in the nation. But there's probably other mothers who have done that. Um, but I, And she wasn't taking a prenatal either. So it's just like, okay. Gone, sis. She was getting her navy beans in. Praise be to Allah. So, yeah, I'm gonna share that video. Anything? Else? Okay, Sister Lorenz. Oh no, I was gonna ask anything else before we. Uh... Okay. Yes, ma'am. So we're gonna move on. So for the next segment for maintaining peace, still staying on naturally beautiful. Two questions. It's not that long like last week. Um, so the questions are, is there peace in your prayers being answered, even if you don't receive the answer you were hoping for? And I'm just going to pause right there. I think we can answer that first. For me, that's a absolutely 100% yes. Because I would rather for my prayers um, to show up did not show up and to show up in the manner that I didn't expect because I mean that's a teaching moment right there oh this is how that's supposed to look I learned um, when I was in Buffalo in New York for two months and the way that Allah had set everything up for me I was there to work on an assignment and everything was just set up in such a precise manner that I could not have done that myself if I had been responsible for doing it. So it just showed me um, another way of how a lot operates and you'll recognize it when you see it, the way that he works and how he blesses you as well. So this is an interesting question because I'm in a conversation with a sister yesterday and she mentioned this, uh, having peace and knowing that um, your prayer, wait, uh, exactly what she said, having peace and knowing that um, even what you wanted is not going to be, but it will still answer pretty much like that. Okay, so um, I was having a conversation um, yesterday with a sister about this, and she said that um, she said have peace, even if the answer isn't what you wanted the answer to be. So I'm, I have to learn how to um, trust a lot and know that really just get to a place where whatever Allah wants for me, I want for me and not think that I want better better for myself than the person who created me. Um, I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm working on that. I don't even know how that looks to, to know. I mean, I don't know how it looks to accept 
the fact that I wanted something, but it wasn't meant for me. I don't, I don't know how that looks. So that's something that I'm working on. So I can't say, um, I can't say that I have peace in that area yet. I want to have peace in that area. I'm striving to have peace in that area, but to be a hundred percent honest, no. I don't even know how that looks because I don't even know really truly what Allah wants for me. Um, I'm still trying to figure that out because I don't know. So that's how I can answer that question, Sister Destiny. And that's a really good question. Thank you for that. So I think one of the first things is relinquishing control. So um, I was very good at this during um when I was courting I used to pray to a lot even even before I courted my husband when I was courting I say a lot please if this is not the brother for me please just remove him out of my life please show me that it's clear that he is not for me and then I used to do that for the beginning with Khalil and I and then when I really started like, uh oh, this might be Khalil might be the one. I'm like, okay, la, don't let me <laughs> be claiming something or wanting something more than what you want from me. So please remove him out of my life and remove me from his life if this is not good. That used to be my prayer. And I felt like that would give me the true peace because being with somebody over a course of time that is not for you um I would feel like is wasting time which really it would not be because you would learn many lessons but that was something that I truly wanted and so I'm using it as an example to say um yes it would give me peace I'll say now in my state of since we talked about it last week of not being honest with myself um I lost how to have real conversations with Allah. Like I was praying to Allah, um, but it was like generic, like Allah, thank you for your mercy, your grace. Thank you for your protection, for covering me. Thank you for this day and this moment that's not promised to me. And then I'll say a few more things and I'll say something like, thank you for allowing me to be on the journey of marriage. And then I'll go into, I bear witness. <laughs> like. I just was not saying anything of like, I need help with this, or can you show me this? Sometimes I'll say, can you show me that? But it wasn't consistent. And so going back to what you said, Sister Larez, about talking to a lot like he's your father, I'm, I'm, I'm back to that place and now I wanna strengthen it some more. Um, but I think it's very important to consider what stage you are in your prayers like in that not being honest with myself I would I would I really wasn't asking for anything and when you're not really asking for anything you're just gonna get anything because even though a lot is in control of your life you gotta be doing something what's sister Ava say we won't change what she say? Y'all can help me out if y'all already got it. Um, we she are so, we want, yeah, go ahead. We are so anxious to improve our circumstances, yet we are so unwilling to improve ourselves. How am I going to improve myself if I'm not 
going to a lot to improve myself, like by asking him a lot, I'm struggling in this area and I need help, please a lot. Like, and I remember what I was doing, I was, I would say to a lot, I wouldn't say it consistent because this is the thing too. We have to be consistent in our prayers. I would say a lot, can you, um, I invite you into my life. Please, Allah, show me your way and allow me to see through your lenses. I would say things like that, but I wouldn't say it consistently, which is like, I feel like when you want something, you're going to be like, you're going to make that a consistent prayer and you're going to be looking for a lot to answer that prayer. And so I don't think I was being consistent with it. So I'm just saying all that to say, I don't think sometimes we really get the true peace regardless of what the answer is in the prayer anyway, because we really don't know what we're praying for. And I think it's important to go to prayer with some intention and not just like, I'm just about to pray because I know I got to pray. And so I just wanted to say that. Anything else before the next question? Yeah, I think um, when I learned that um, Islam means submitting your will to do the will of Allah, when I learned that I have a will and that my will was taking me in a direction that I did not need to go, and that I had to submit to a lot, fully submit to him and allow him to be in control of my life, then that's when I learned that he's gonna, he's, he's, he's just totally in control. He's gonna take care of everything. And I didn't have anything to worry about, regardless to how it showed up. I think my um, main struggle was with dealing with my children because I had never been taught properly how to do that. I was a young mother and did not get the proper training from my mother on how to be a mother. So I think um, that was something that I totally had to just give up and submit to him with and allow him to guide me. And trust me, he guided me to some places I did not want to go. But I knew in order for me to heal and to give them what they needed, I had to submit to his will. And then at the same time, everybody wins. Even if they don't know they on the winning side, <laughs> you know, everybody wins. So I think I think it's important to understand that submission we have to submit a thousand percent, a thousand percent going in, especially going into prayer. And I'm really just learning how to go to a lot in prayer. And that comes with practice. I said, okay, this time I have to, like you said, Sister Destiny, be consistent with my prayer. Because if I was consistent with him, um, if I went to him in prayer for Fajr, then I know I have to go to him the same way on the next five prayers that I have to do a day. And that's something that I've actually been practicing as well. Yes, and I just wanna say, I'm not speaking to consistency on making the prayer. I'm saying consistency in how we go to allow while we're in the prayer. Just like um, the question that you asked Sister Ava about the spirit of the prayer. And then the 
I lost the, the other part. Oh, I think what you just said really um, brings light to what I was trying to express about, um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm losing my memory, but I'm gonna be quiet then because I don't remember what I was trying to say. But what I was trying to say on one of the points, I feel like you really beautifully said it. But anywho, we're gonna go to the next question. <laughs> So the next question is, what is it like for you when your prayers are answered? And what lessons do you learn when you receive an answer? So the first one we talked about, even if you don't receive the answer you're hoping for. And now, what is it like for you when, you, when your prayers are answered? And what lessons do you learn when you receive an answer? I think... Um... I think it was sister rachel she's been doing her um reiki online and she said um in one of them she used the word trust and then the next one the process so i'm learning to trust allah's process because he has a process and i'm learning to trust that um yeah, I think that's what that is for me. Just learning to trust the process and being patient. Oh, a lot. Patient is so key. So for me, um, one time, this is this probably sounds bad, but this just goes to show how my mind is just all in shambles. But I remember uh, coming into the nation and I was, asking a lot at that time I was just saying God I'm like oh God I'm like please show me that this is where I'm supposed to be like make it clear make it plain just let me know and um that same day my sister sent me a book and I still have the picture in my phone but it said um my friend Faith and the girl on the cover she was dressed she was a Muslim and she had on this wrap and everything and I was like Am I being spooky? I'm like, hold on now. I I knew, but at the same time, I was just like, it happened so quick. I was just like, oh my gosh. It just freaked me out, but I was excited at the same time. And so, um, yeah, that was one time where it was just, it just happened right away. But I had been praying for it. Like, I'm like, oh, I know, you know, you're in process. Well, I don't know about y'all, but me, I was in processing class. I, I had a ton of questions and I'm like, hold on, you mean tell me a man can have more than one wife and just going on and on about all of that. And um, so then when I had that and when I um, when I uh, actually went and it was on a Sunday when I, uh, when I got up and I was like, okay, yeah. So that happened uh, during that week. And then Brother Abel spoke. I, I spoke about this in our previous podcast when Brother Abel spoke and he said, I am a black man. And I was like, all right, brother. So um, that was one time where I really remember my answers. I mean, the prayers, the, the answer to my prayer was like answered. It was just like, okay, I know this is for me. And I just felt really good about that. And at that point in time, it was like, okay, I have to trust this process. But then coming into the nation and being in there, being a member, being MGT, it's it's like, oh, this is this is not a joke. Like I'm going to be tried. And now it's just all of these different things. And it's like, 
I'm grateful for that because had it not been for the nation, I wouldn't necessarily look at things in my life as, okay, this is a trial or this, I'm being taught something, I have to learn something from this. So that part gives me some sort of ease, but did I answer the question? Because I'm looking, I'm like, hold on, let me make sure I answer the question first, because I don't be wanting to ramble on and on. But um, I think the lesson that I learned from that is to trust the law at that particular point in time. So now I know that I have to trust the law, but going further into it and just experiencing life, it's like, wow, that's so much more easier said than done. <laughs> and similar to Sister Loretta, she said that um, she's learning to trust the law's process. And I don't know if you meant like currently or if that was in your past, if you meant that, can you just give me a little clearly if you meant that like now or in the past you were learning to trust a lot of process. That's 24 seven for me. Okay, yes, ma'am. I'm a, I'm in the same boat. I'm I'm right there. I'm like, okay, I need to trust a lot of process and I need to I, I just want to get rid of my will. It's like, <laughs> I don't want my will to be anywhere in my thought process. I just want Allah's will all up and through me because I know that, you know, when you're going in a direction that you're not supposed to go in, at least for me, I know when I'm going in a direction that I'm not supposed to go in, but it's like, okay, I have this knowledge up in here, but am I really practicing this? But I'm going off topic, but yes, ma'am, um, Sister Destiny, that's how I can answer the question. <laughs> I wanted to mention um, will as well, because we know desire feeds the will. So our will is not like a negative thing. Um, if desire, Sister Ava spoke about that in the book too. What page was that? Um, where she spoke about desire feeding the will. Page and 77. And I think um, that's one of the lessons in the nation that has always stuck with me. We learn in the study guides that desire feeds the will. And the will, which is conscious and deliberate action, is where our power is. So we have power in our will. Um, I think it might be uh, if we go on it without a lot help it's almost like abuse of that power. So if that makes sense, I just didn't want us to think that our will means nothing at all. That's a very important and powerful point, Sister Lorez. It's not for us to get rid of our will. It's for us to align our mind with the law's mind. And when we align our mind with the law's mind, our will is going to align with the will that he has for us. And so that's what's really important. And that's, I think that's the power in us um, being unique and the power in us having a purpose and the power with us having passion is being able to control our passions and for our passion to align with our purpose and for our passion and purpose to be godly. But we don't get like that until we're aligned with a lot so i think i think it's all very powerful but i also think looking at what master fire muhammad told the most honorable elijah muhammad about his his mind and uh, i don't remember the exact words but what i'm saying about aligning your mind with the lies mind that's that's all of our goals as students and all of our goals um, it should be all of our goal as, as members of the Nation of Islam for that to happen. 
And so thank you for bringing that up. So in terms of, um, I remember my point about control. Um, I think that Sister Larez, how you were saying whatever, you know that Allah, basically you were saying that no matter how it goes, like this is the way that it's supposed to go. And you just seem at peace with knowing that you don't know what your life about to look like, but you know a lot got you. And I think that's one of the greatest peace. We, I think sometimes we get confused with our general orders of like, take charge of this post. And then we trying to take full control. It's not, we're not taking charge. We're trying to take full control over our lives. And so um, one of the biggest lessons that I learned is that, and that I continue to learn is that I don't know anything. Um, and that the, the only way that I'm going to continue to learn is if I'm humble. And that's one thing that I love about what Sister Mecca says about, I humble myself and I kneel down and pray. Like every time I hit it, I'd be like, yeah, if I wanna be more humble or if I wanna know something, then I better get, get to praying and I better get to studying because that's the only way that I'm going to continue to learn. So um, I think the reason why I'm saying that, cause it's like, well, what does the prayer have to do with that? I'm saying that because we know without, a prayer without works is dead. Like the prayer is just, you might as well null and void it. You might as well not be praying if you're not going to do anything. So that's why I say that because sometimes you can be doing a lot of praying and you feel because the prayer is supposed to charge you up, but you're not really doing nothing. You just all charged up for nothing because you're not doing anything. And I feel like I learned the most when I pray, even in difficulty, and I still get up and work. And that goes back to our emotional episode when I was talking about praying and I was like, well, I start working, but then I start crying. But if I fully would have in that moment put my attention on the work and instead of on the trial, then I would have been working and been able to, to learn more about why I was going through that trial. And I basically prolonged the trial. And so for me, it's like, um, when I'm just focused on the work, I'll actually learn more about myself and a lot. And um, I actually learned too that the answer to my prayer is not necessarily going to be so instant like Sister Faith gave. Sometimes it does work like that. And sometimes the answer comes over time, but you have to be doing something in order to even receive the answer. Because a lot of times we receive the answers, but we don't want to believe it. Or we be asking a lot, just give me one more sign. So that's what came to my mind. Yes, ma'am. And when I had said, um, when we had talked in the chat, when I had said I was praying, asking a lot, to show me the steps I needed to take to get this done. And he said to me, well, first you gotta finish step one. So, <laughs> and then um, as soon as I got that message, I was able to, to complete that task. Cause I was, I was literally struggling with completing that task. Every time I would try to go and get some information, I'm like, oh my God, why does this have to be so confusing? Why can't they just make it simple? And it was like a light bulb went off and everything happened just like that. When I asked the question 
And all you have to do is ask. It's really as simple as that. So I just wanted to, to share that moment. And I thought that was so powerful, Sister Larez. And I think it's not just that we have to ask, but we have to be willing to receive whatever it is. And I think that that's what you express and that's what you actually demonstrate. You like, I really think that you believe that a lie is the best of planners. Um, and I think, you know, that that's, that's beautiful because sometimes it's hard to, to accept that when it shouldn't be. Uh, but that goes to why we create things, our own reality that is not the true reality. So um, yes, ma'am, thank you for sharing that. So if there's not anything else, we are ready for come on, sis. Come on, sis. Okay. <laughs> so um, I actually have a question um, for come on, sis, similar to last week. Um, what does it mean to give someone else your power? What does it mean to give yourself, give someone else your power? Wow. That means to me that you no longer exist. I, and the only thing that I can, that comes to mind that I've ever gave my power over to was when I was married. I think that's the only thing that I can equate that to. And so, yeah, I, I would always um, complain about not being able to grow in my marriage and i'm like well you you tell me you know that you want me to be the best that i can and you want me to this that and the other and every time i come up out of this box that you have me in then you slam the lid back down so that to me was not allowing me to grow and i think that's that's what um what giving your power away to somebody else is giving it over to somebody else. There's no existence. There can't be any kind of real existence for you. I know it wasn't for me. I was just totally miserable for three years, so. So it reminds me of another question that you asked is the fact that um, I'm going to it because you asked it on Facebook. So I'm going to try to find it. But um, in the meantime, I think that it's not, and this is what actually brought me to this because Sister Larea's word about existing. I don't think it's the existing part. I think you said that we are existing, Sister Larea's. She said that you no longer exist. Okay. Yeah. I think it is that you're existing, but you're not living because we can be here, but we could be dead. And that's why in the nation of Islam, we say resurrection because you, you physically here, but you're literally dead because you, you don't know the truth about yourself. Um, I didn't know you post this often, Sister Faith. I don't know where the post is at. So I it's think long I, gone, Sister Destiny. I may not be able to get to this. I thought I'd just <laughs> seen the question the other day, but you must have asked it a while ago. So um, anywho, because I cannot find it, I think...
I think it just truly happens when we don't know who we are. When we don't know who we are, I think we become yes women. Like we just, we just, I'm, yeah, I'll do that. Cause, cause we so lost that it's just like, I just need something to do. Or maybe you're not lost, but maybe you, um, we get in a place where we're bored. And I don't remember what it says in the teachings, but I know that we're not supposed to ever be bored. With all this knowledge and wisdom that we got, there's always something for us to do. We should be building something. We should be creating something. And I think that the we relinquish our power because we're not willing to get through our trials. And this brings me back to numerology, Sister Faith, because as we look at the process and we look at the cycles of life, um, when you get to that third phase or that third mark in life, that's the trial. And then after that, you have the struggle for balance. And then after that, you have power. And so I'm saying that to say that you don't really get to the power unless you're really fighting through the struggle, uh, through the trial. So it's like, if you're not really willing to get through the trial, then I think that's when we start relinquishing our power. When it should be that Allah, I see you as the powerful, the, and you know, see you as almighty. And I'm just, I'm looking for you to work through in my life so that way I can know what to do but I think we start looking to other people maybe maybe that's the point that I'm trying to get to we start looking for our answers in other people instead of looking at a lot because that's really where we even get power from our submission to a lot yes ma'am um yes ma'am sister destiny so uh, the other part to that question, yeah, I didn't tell y'all it was a two-part question, but um, the other part to that question is, okay, what does it mean to get it back, to get your power back, and get to a point of not allowing yourself to give it away again? That's an interesting question too, Sister Faye. Um, <laughs> you said, what does it mean to get it back and to keep it and not give it away again? Yes, ma'am. Um, I think knowing how that felt and giving it away, the circumstances, um, what it did to you. Um, and then to, to get it back, what that feels like to even know that you have power. I think I realized um, power that I had uh, younger didn't, I was older when I realized, oh, I didn't know that I would have been capable of doing that. But um, yeah, so that's it for me. So 
I'm gonna backtrack because I found the question and I think it still ties into the second part. The question that you had that you posed, are you living in the now and how do you know? I think we relinquish our power when we're not in present time because when we're not strong mentally, going back to what I said, we then try to find somebody else to be the strength that we need to be for ourselves. Um, and I think when I think about living in the now, living in present time, it's like my relationship with Allah is getting stronger and stronger. So then I'm, I'm going to have power. And then what Sister Larez just said, um, dang, I was, I was made, I'm so sorry that I keep forgetting today, y'all. Sister Larez, can you ask the question again? Maybe her words come back to my mind. Me ask the question? Mm -hmm. Okay, um, what is it? Wait, my initial question? Or what does it mean? Part B. Okay, and um, pretty much for you to not give your power away again. Sister Larez said, she said, made some, a point about feeling it. It is so important to feel what you're feeling. We try to skip over that part because we don't want to be in that stage of, we don't want to feel the pain. The Honorable Mr. Louis Farrakhan said, pain is the mother of creativity. So at some point, you better sit your butt down, feel the pain for the moment, and really, really, really go back to multiple episodes, ask a lot why, why now? Like, and just be with the pain for the moment. So then we can go to the next stage of creativity and creativity is motion. And it goes back to what Sister Ava said about our signature being creativity. The pain that we went through is part of our signature. And so how do we get, how do, the, the first part, you gotta feel it first. And then um, not, you, you don't, then when you go to a place where you're not relinquishing your power anymore, I think it's because you really took time to understand how it felt and you took time to learn lessons from it. The spiritual lessons that Sister Ava mentioned in, less, in chapter nine, when we really learn the spiritual lesson and everything, I think at a certain point, some, like sometimes when I'm looking at Sister Larez, I'm like, Sister Larez is at a certain point in her life where she can't tolerate certain things. And I'm not saying that we're not in that place, Sister Faith, but it's in a different stage. Um, but I Sister, understand what you mean. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, I get it. Yeah, like Sister Larez has went through certain things and she just like, I ain't going through, I ain't going through that again. Like sometimes when I hear her say that, even if she doesn't use those words, I can hear it in her tone. Like that ain't going to happen to her again. But like with me, possibly it could be like, I'm, you know, I'll probably go through that once or twice more, but it just like, I think it has to do like minister um, Ishmael. He said, brother Ishmael said, she, he said, Khalil may have more life experience. He, she said, he said, you may be older than Khalil, but Khalil may have more life experience than you. And that was his first time meeting Khalil in person. So for him to say that, it just had me thinking about it. And I still think about it often, but I think that has to do with 
why Sister Larez may be like, all right, because she didn't have more life experience than us and she just knows certain things that she's not going to deal with. So I think, I, I hope, I know I've rambled tonight and I have forgot <laughs> a lot tonight, but I hope that um, I'm still answering the questions and that what I'm saying is received. The, um, the other part of that, because I mean, I, I never really talked about being married. Once I'm done, I'm done. I don't see a point in me having a conversation about it. But I think with us talking, it caused me to, you know, to think about it and then remember what that felt like. And to me, that was the most miserable time of my life. But I knew it was something that I had to get through and that I had to do. Um, I, didn't, I didn't know what stress, stress felt like until that moment. That's when I realized, dang, stress is real. My hair was falling out and I understood exactly how all of that felt. And I said, I will never, ever, ever go through that again. And I will never be in that kind of a situation again. And I was just grateful that Allah gave me the strength and I didn't even know who Allah was, <laughs> but I was just grateful that he gave me the strength to know that it was time for me to leave and that I was I was afraid. I was nervous. I didn't know how that was going to um, look. I didn't know how it was going to turn out, but I knew that that was something that I had to do almost like for my own survival. So, Beautiful question, Sister Faye. Beautiful. And Sister Larez, I think it's beautiful because you say you didn't talk about it. I think it's a lot bringing it back up for you mm -hmm. as you think about what married life is going to look like for you. Right. He's bringing that back up so then you could pay attention when you start courting to like red flags or, you know, things like that. Like, I ain't going there again. <laughs> right. Because so I, I think, actually, yeah. I actually said that I would never get married again after that. But a lie, you put love back in my heart. <laughs> so I'm actually looking forward to it. And that's beautiful, Sister Larez, because the mm -hmm. minister talks about that, how he, he talks about how the man and the woman could be heartbroken and then they turn cold. Mm -hmm. And then for the next woman or man that comes up, how, you know, they got a lot more work to do, but it sounds like you're in a place where you are already being softened. So you won't, the man won't even have to, I mean, he gonna do, he gonna have to work up to some things, you know, but he won't have to do twice or triple or have them, you know, extra, extra, just to try to get to that soft spot because you've really been working on yourself. So that's beautiful. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Okay, so um, I didn't answer. The, I didn't answer. Okay, answer the answers to the question for me. <laughs> um, I think that um, to give someone else your power and. Uh, I think it really pretty much means that you are allowing yourself to be who they think you are instead of you being who you want to be and who you are and allowing yourself to grow at a certain pace and just just be free with being who you are 100% like 
people have their um their ideas of us and their perceptions of us but that doesn't necessarily mean that's who we are and i think that um and the question it did come from uh, or stem from marriage because i i have experienced that in I, I probably am still experiencing it where it's like man I, I feel like I gave my power away and I'm not able to really be who I am freely without worrying about oh well you expect this of me but really what if I don't want to do that and um keeping it uh or getting it back and being able to keep that power and not give it away again sister destiny you are 100 percent right when you say or at least in my opinion when you are struggling with who you are and I think that once you get to a place of being um, solidified in who you are, you'll be able to keep it. Even if, even if you, even if you're not okay with where you are, you know that where you are is where you are. You accept that, and you also accept that you're going to continue to grow. So, um, yeah, those are my answers to the two questions. <laughs> Can I say um, the other part of that is that you have to understand that you're going to change. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to be who we were a year ago or two years ago. The heck, might be 30, 30 days ago. You know, we change. So when we, when we think we know ourselves and then here comes something else, a new person, um, another journey that Allah has allowed you to go on, and now you're going to figure something else out different about yourself. So I think that's the beauty of life too is that we're constantly changing and we're constantly growing are you listening to the final car radio you should be listening to the final car radio where you will be able to hear the honorable minister louis farrakhan deliver an uncompromising truth 24 hours a day please listen to the final car radio so for our last segment, which is self-care, um, it's, it's pretty much a follow-up from last week about our impediments. I'm sorry, the question, uh, it's not really a question, but um, I guess it kind of is a question. Did we discover our impediments and what are we doing to fix them? Well, I'm constantly learning my impediments and I think that's going to be an ongoing process because as I work on the impediments that have already been revealed to me, um, as I continue to improve on those, then there's gonna be something, 10, 10 more that's, that's revealed to myself. And um, I feel like in the space of, of being on a journey to being married, they were revealed a lot quicker than they were revealed before because now you got this mirror up and this person's telling you and you looking at them like, what about you? <laughs> so um, that's the second part of the question. And what am I, that's the first part of the question. The second part about what am I doing? Uh, I mean, the biggest thing that I'm doing is not giving up on myself because sometimes focusing on your flaws you can get in the state of just like well why am i here mm. 
And it's like, shut up. Just keeping it real. <laughs> just, just shut up. <laughs> Get yourself together. Don't say nothing else. Listen to a lecture. Put that in your mind for a second and stop putting your thoughts in your mind because you're starting to go crazy. So honestly, um, not giving up on myself and, and the biggest thing in not giving up on yourself is attending study group, even when you don't feel like going to study group. To me, that's the biggest thing. Um, and when you get out of study group, continue to study something. Even if you don't study the study guide that we're on, continue to study something. Like reading Naturally Beautiful is really helpful and then talking it through with y'all. And even if I wasn't doing this, reading something and talking about that something with someone else is helpful because it is not meant for you to study by yourself. It's not. And because you're never going to get out of you can you can get something a lot will reveal things to you in independent study but he just expounds and just you can have a thought that you had in your independent study then when you share it with somebody else they just keep bringing it out for you then a lot keep bringing more stuff to your mind so I think those are the biggest things for me is realizing that more impediments are going to be revealed is never in the process and then just to keep, don't give up on myself keep studying and study with someone don't study alone because I was in a period of time where I would just study by myself and I thought that that was enough but that's not enough <laughs> can you repeat uh, the questions again sister Faye absolutely so um, it was pretty much from last week, following up with that. What are, did you discover your impediments? And if so, what are you doing to fix it or them? Okay, impediments. Well, I agree with Sister uh, Destiny on them, <laughs> on them being um, never ending. And I think what came to me this week was how um, critical I am of myself. And that's something that I'm working on not doing. I think that I don't give myself permission to be great. And so that's something um, that I'm working on because a lot is working on me and the more he works on me, the better I get. And I have to be comfortable with allowing that to show, if that makes sense. Sister Larez, I, man, um, I don't give myself permission to be great. That is something, I'm sorry, Daddy, please. That is something that I can relate to like 100%. Like, um, this is really personal, but when it comes to me being a mother, like I would hear, oh, you know, you're a good mom. I cannot for the life of me just accept that and allow it to be what it is. Like I just pick myself apart and I'm like, no, I can do better right here in this area. I can do better there. I can do better there. And I know that my son is a reflection of me and what I'm giving to him. And I believe that my son is 
man, like, I love my son. Y'all see him. Y'all know how intelligent he is. But for me, it's just like, I know I can do more. I know I can do better. I know that I can teach him so much more. Um, and I want to get, I want to get out of that. Um, that's not even the impediment that I worked on, um, or even that I focused on, but that's something that I know I need to work on because when I hear that I'm a good mom, I instantly just start critiquing myself. I just can't, I don't know what, I don't know what it is, but I cannot accept that. Um, not, not that I can't, I haven't been able to accept that because one day I do want to be able to accept that, but I just haven't been able to accept that about myself. And um, I've been struggling with that shoot since he was born. <laughs> so I can relate to that 100%. Um, I just tear myself, tear, tear myself apart. I'm my own worst critic. Um, so yes, ma'am, I can relate to that. Um, Sister Destiny. I just wanna say we are all, everybody are their own worst critic, everybody. Um, I think we have to learn to accept the the compliment because now I'm starting to look at the compliments as like God giving you a break. He's, he's speaking through that person right now. He's allowing that person to tell you something that they see in you. They, they're seeing some light in you. And we turn that lightness into darkness take the light carry the light for a moment and everybody does it everybody um i was just a a beautiful example in this is brother ben's post about his son about taji turning five and taji if y'all haven't seen it taji sitting outside in the backyard and he posing like his dad he's not even saying anything he just posing like his dad he's like i'm done he's like that was me being daddy and you know brother ben he's saying he asked these questions about you know am i a good dad am i doing this da, 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 da. and i mean but look at brother ben and all the things he's doing come on are you are you doing what? But we all do that. No matter how great you may be in your life, no matter if the minister is saying great things about you, um, it, it's just, that's how we are. But it's a testament to us wanting to become a God. So it's also some beauty in critiquing ourselves. But in that moment, don't critique. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to accept my compliments. Praise be to the Lord, thank you. <laughs> and let me sit on that compliment for a moment and think about it like, yeah, I do do that. You know, we, we just, and even this, this might sound a little crazy. You know how sister tell you look beautiful or something and then we so quick to be like, I'm a reflection of you. That's good, do that, but are you so quick to get it off of you? Like, yes, 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 yes. Say all praises due to a lie. You know, all of that. But for, are you, and genuinely, if you genuinely mean it, like I'm a reflection of you, say it. But if you're trying to get it off of you because you don't believe it, then you need to stop saying that for a moment. So I just wanted to say that. I, and I'm saying that because I'm starting to love myself all over again. And that's what I was gonna um, say to that, Sister Destiny. I was gonna add that 
when we see ourselves, when we literally look in the mirror and see ourselves, we should see some love. I should be able to say that I love me. Because if I'm saying that I love somebody that's a reflection of me, but I'm not loving me quickly, like you said, getting it off of me, then what's the point? So I think that all of that ties into that self-love and being able to love on ourselves and hug ourselves and know that we are worthy of all of it. That's right. Um, Sister Destiny, I just had a question. Did you say that a compliment from someone is a lot giving you a break? I say yes, because I said a break because of how we could be so hard on ourselves. Sometimes that compliment for me personally, sometimes a compliment come at the right moment because it's just like, dang, I ain't no good. But th th this is how we talk about ourselves. I ain't no good. I can't do nothing right. Da -da 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 -da. I'm sitting up here killing myself. And then somebody comes say these nice things about you. Even if you ain't been no good. Because, I mean, the minister talk about us. <laughs> My husband's getting ready this morning. He was listening to the phone call radio and the minister said, who holy? A brother stood up. The minister said, brother, you better sit down. And my husband just started dying laughing. He said, did you hear that? And it's really funny because we are silly. Like the minister asks who's holy and somebody had the nerve to stand up. <laughs> and it's like, we're working on that. We're striving for that. And if the minister told you, you know, brother, you doing great. I mean, take that. Even when you know, the minister know, he, he, he know, he can look at you and see through you. But if he is recognizing, or if one of us is recognizing the good in one another, take that. So I, I did say that because I think, because Allah does not throw away anything or anyone. And when we are striving, even if we mess up, that's why I'm saying it. So that's why I'm elaborating a little bit more because I think it's like, you better take this in and remember who you are. I actually got a, um, a wake up call, uh, the criterion July 4th when the minister was speaking. And I said, wow, we were welcome in the garden even though we are not without sin. And that to me was the most beautiful part of that day was that we're still allowed in the garden, even though we are not without sin. So we are worthy. So Sister Destiny, I wanted to uh, address something that you said about um, us saying, oh, I'm a reflection of you. Now, I struggle with ED. I don't know if y'all heard that ED, but I struggled with uh, just my appearance um, for a really long time. And it wasn't really until I accepted Islam that I that. And I've, I've just always been able to um, give other women compliments and just acknowledge the beauty in them, but I couldn't see it in myself. And it really took for me to start saying, I'm a reflection of you 
once I was once someone complimented me in order for me to really believe that about myself because it was like man like I know I can see the beauty in this sister or this sister but when it comes to myself I can't see it so when I when I would say I'm a reflection of you it just brought it back to me it was like man I, I need to start looking at myself and acknowledging the fact that if somebody can give me a compliment and someone can acknowledge the beauty in me whatever whatever it is that they see that's um that they think is beautiful about me then I need to start being able to see it too so that actually helped me to get over um I guess that insecurity of feeling like um I wasn't pretty enough or whatever the case may be and um that helped me so yes ma'am but I do think that we need to work on that um work on being able to accept a compliment but actually believe these things about ourselves that's really important um and like you said love sister Lorez like we have to love ourselves so you well what you said um we should be able to say I love me and um, I agree with that 100%. We should be able to say that and not just say it, but really, really love ourselves and allow our lives to be a reflection of, of us loving ourselves 100%. Um, so I didn't, uh, did I answer the question? I don't even remember <laughs> about, oh no, I didn't. Okay, so um, did, I, did I say about my impediment? Did I talk about my face? I you did. Well, maybe I did. Okay, praise be to Allah. <laughs> okay, um, well, yeah, so wow. Okay, that's it then. Um, did anyone else have any other comments or anything they wanted to add? I don't, but if you don't feel like you answered the question, did you have anything else to say about that? I wanted to say um, to Sister Larez that, uh, Sister Larez, I really appreciate you as a woman because... I can tell that you have been through some things and you are not, um, you're just not afraid to just say what it is and let it be what it is, but in an uplifting way. And I really, I'm, I'm really attracted to women like that. Because, Sister Destiny, you the same way. And I really, actually, I appreciate that about both of so y'all. Let, let me tell you something about loving myself. Lorenz, <laughs> her flowers, you ain't got to throw yes, me in there. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I, I, I put a butt in there. I said, but Sister Lorenz. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. But Sister Lorette, I just really appreciate that about you. And I wanted to say that um, I'm so grateful that Allah gave me this opportunity in life to meet you and have you as my sister. And um, inshallah, we will continue to be sisters in this journey called life. And I just, man, I love y'all so much. But Sister Lorette, thank you so much. Like you are just, you go girl. <laughs> Praise be to Allah. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> That's right. I love me some Sister Lorette too. Alrighty, so I guess that is it. That wraps up episode 10. Yay, praise to a y'all. Episode 10. All right, we growing. We yes, are. it's such a blessing. Yay. Such a blessing. Yay. Yes, ma'am. So mm -hmm. I guess that is it. And this was our episode of Black Tea. I'm going to like them. I hope you enjoyed your light, savory sip for the day. Please join us again on our next episode. Oyima. <laughs> they call me Oyima. They be trying to sound like they from Africa. Bro, I'm learning to trust me. Trust. 
No one above me I know they don't love me Nah Learning to trust me I know they don't love me But no one above me But God I'm a God, I can't let the devil handle me If I did, I would only get in trouble I've been patient, I've been skating on insanity Just a young boy, always in his bubble Just a young boy, tailor made to fly With his eyesight trained at the sky Sun, moon, and stars, at the stars in his stripes Young boy, finally got God in his life Got a big bag if you wanna get it Saw this drink bag, then you wanna hit it Satan got everything a nigga need Yeah, I already turned, but you won't admit it Yeah, I already turned, you can see your words Make the word flesh, you could be the word Your choice, I just wanna see your works All that hate, but y'all be watching me at work All that tough talk, how about you be at first? So you feel nobody like me I don't know nobody like me So you feel nobody like me God got his hands on me Learning to trust me No one above me I know they don't love me Learning to trust me I trust myself I know they don't love me But no one above me I love you too Gotta open your heart Gotta open your heart Gotta open your mind Cause your knowledge and your scholarship is cool But just know that you a part of the vine You were here before the book You were here before the man You are not mankind, young man You a god, I just hope you understand Still won't find nobody like the black man So ain't feel nobody like me I don't know nobody like me So ain't feel nobody like me God got his hands on me Learning to trust me I trust myself No one above me I know they don't love me Learning to trust me I trust myself I know they don't love me But no one above me I love you too Love my soul I trust myself That's a must, that's a must